as human beings, when we have experiences, major experiences in our lives, it takes a little bit of time to truly understand what they are. We have events that hit us and we react to them accordingly, but it only with the passage of time and reflection do we certainly appreciate the breadth and depth of those experiences. And it could be a great experience or it could be a sad experience. Big things take time to digest and to understand. Case in point, I, I graduated from college. And I remember saying goodbye to everybody. And I remember six months later writing this huge letter to my advisor. And it was one of these deals like six months or a year afterwards, you go like, oh, you know, there was a lot more in my relationship with him. There was a lot more in terms of my journey through college. Now I see things differently because I've had time to allow the experience to seep in, to transform me. And thus, when I write back, and I've told you about Father Dave, I would write him and I said, you know what? <laughs> there was a lot more to what we were doing and what I was doing in college than meets the eye. There were events, but then there were really major events. It takes time to allow it to seep in. Very much in our experiences of life, we tend you know, with the bad stuff to go, oh, let's go back to the way it was and, and make sure it didn't happen. Or in the good stuff, oh, that was great. Now, what's next? And we sort of cheapen big events, big experiences of our lives. And therefore, we don't draw the depth of the meaning of these experiences. It's precisely in that way I, I look at the readings today, the third Sunday of Easter, and I sort of see that same process being fleshed out in the kinds of readings that we have. Remember back at Easter, we all came to Easter Mass. and Oh, everybody came. And what was the message you got on Easter Sunday? It was an empty tomb. The story with the empty tomb, he is not there. In other words, death is not the final word. We still didn't know what had happened. We heard a couple of little reports about he's resurrected, but we didn't know. We saw the empty tomb. And that was the experience. Death no longer holds us. Then last Sunday, the stories were about encounters with the resurrected Lord Jesus. And remember, some of them had and some of them didn't. Good old Thomas. And still, word came out that there is something, that Jesus is alive, but not everybody's there yet. And the meaning of that. And then this Sunday, we have the absolute encounter with the resurrected Lord Jesus. But a very interesting theme is part of the readings today. And those readings bring us back to the original point. That first reading of Peter in Acts of the Apostles is really an incredible reading. That Peter, of all people, is talking to the people of Israel, you have, out of ignorance, destroyed the good the author of life. And he basically says, you have chosen Barabbas, a murderer, to be among you, and you killed the author of life. One way, Peter sort of knows, he is also complicit. He's the one who betrayed Jesus as well. He's part of the whole dynamic of the destruction of Jesus. And yet, Peter is bringing this back to the people of Israel, not in a way 
to sort of put their face into it or to blame them or whatnot, but to remind them that all the things that happened to Jesus in terms of the horrible things were really part of a larger plan of salvation that God has brought to us all. But we, by our choices, did in fact destroy the author of death. And in that destruction, we put our stamp on the problems of this world. In the meantime, we see the dynamic also of Peter saying to the crowd, because of that, because of myself and all of us giving our worst to God, remember Palm Sunday? The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the best God brings to us. That in fact, it is in the resurrection of Jesus that makes most sense when in fact we understand the depth of our own sin and brokenness. I cannot be liberated from something that I do not know. And the deeper I understand the brokenness and sin and corruption of the world, and the more I see the resurrection, that becomes a powerful force of transformation. That God has come to save us. And the more I know how bad it is, and I contribute to it, the more I rejoice in the gift of God's life. If you don't know the depth of the problem, you have no appreciation for the incredible liberation that flows. Cheap there is cheap there. And indeed, this is why Peter reminds everybody. Even in the gospel, it's an interesting thing. When Jesus comes to the disciples, and they're afraid, you can imagine, this is a ghost, I'm not a ghost. And what does Jesus do? He says, see my hands and my feet. And the very points of violence and death, he shows them. See these hands damaged by the cross, the nails. See my feet damaged by the violence of the cross. It is me. And I come to you because you cannot get rid of me. I will not go. I will always be there for you no matter what. And that's the insight that the disciples have. That God does not run from us no matter how corrupt we might be. Let me do a little experiment here. Boys and girls who are receiving your first communion, I've got a question to ask you. Do you like to have lunch? You like lunch? Yeah, I thought that would be an easy one. Now, when you are at school and you have lunch, who do you like to have lunch with? What? Friends? Okay. Well, how about this? Do you like to have lunch with somebody you don't like and they don't like you? Why not? Why? It's not fun, is it? No. Do you like to have lunch with your friends? How do you feel when you do that? Happy. Yes, like that. Exactly right. Well, this is sort of normal. But it's interesting what Jesus does. Jesus comes to people and he says, even though you don't like me, I still want to share a meal with you. 
And when he asked, do you have something to eat? I would like to share a meal with you. Why? Because sharing a meal with your friends means you value them. They're important to you. You're your friends. You like being with them. You don't want to eat with your enemies because you don't like them and you don't want to be near them. So to eat with others means to accept them. They're part of you. And therefore, in when Jesus invites us to share at the table with him, he's saying he wants to be with us. And he wants us to be with him. To receive your Eucharist, the communion, is to be communion, to be together. For Jesus is your friend. Ah, here's a funny part, though. Let's say down the line, years from now, you don't like God anymore. But guess what Jesus says? I don't care. I still like you. You might not like me right now, but I still like you, and I will never, ever, ever, ever leave you, no matter what. That's a good friend, isn't it? Even though you mess up. And that's what we talked about reconciliation the other day, too, that God will never let us down. In the second reading, in John, there's an interesting statement being made. To say that I know God, I know Jesus, means to abide in his command. And what is the command that Jesus gave us in John at the Last Supper? Love one another as I have loved you. To live that commandment means that we abide in the resurrected Lord Jesus. For not to love one another, not to care for one another, not to find ourselves filled with hate and selfishness, we become, in his words, a liar to faith itself. The children are receiving their first communion. Isn't that special? And it's wonderful. It's a great day. But they do not have the depth of understanding exactly what this is yet. They will see the linkage between what Eucharist is and the community of the believers. And this is something we all own. We model for our children what it means to believe in the resurrected Lord Jesus. Can you imagine the linkage in their minds when they go, I like going to church because everybody seems to like each other and they love each other, they respect each other, and they're always caring for each other. That must be something about the Eucharist itself. It is what it means to give witness to the life of Christ dwelling among us. In the last words of the gospel, we are now witnesses to these things.